Thank you for joining us today on Realty Check. I'm your host, Trish Williams. Thank you guys for tuning in. And if you like the show, make sure that you're sharing it with your friends. You're reviewing us on or sending us reviews or recommendations on any of the portals that you're watching on. And also, uh, don't forget to follow us either on YouTube, iTunes. You can download us and listen to us on in your car, on the way, wherever you're going. Um, we're in our new series today. It's a six-part series on a real estate purchase from start to finish. So today's episode, we're in the very beginning, the part that you guys are uh, all out there feeling right now, or a lot of people are feeling right now, is finding a home, uh, navigating through this market, trying to find a home in this market. And we have our guest, Ryan Field. He's a return guest on our show. Thank you for having me, Trish. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us again, Ryan. Ryan's with uh, Keller Williams, the marketplace. Same office as me. uh, So we see each other a lot. Yes. 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 And Ryan's very knowledgeable on things. We talk a lot about this. We talk a lot about you know, what's going on in the market, what's happening out there, what these buyers, the agents, every everything that's happening. We discuss this a lot. So I thought it would be great to have you on the show to talk about it. Yeah, it's a, it's a natural conversation for us. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah, tell me, tell me what you want to talk about specifically, because I know that uh, a lot of buyers are struggling right now because it's a unique time. Right. So what's happening right now in, in our market, for those of you that don't know, which I'm sure, I I'm, I'm think pretty much everybody knows what's going on in the market. Yeah. It's well, all over it, the news. Especially it's, if you're in the, you know, thinking about buying or thinking about selling, I'm sure people are aware of what's going on to a certain extent. What's going on. Yeah. I know every time I run into a friend or something, they're like, oh, you're in real estate? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly they all feel sorry for you. They're like, uh, this is, a, it's, it's crazy out there. So um, right now we have 878 single family homes on the market um, in Las Vegas. Under 400, right? Um, 878 um, single family homes on the market. Mm. There's 702 under 400,000. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for a minute. Under 400,000, that's most of your first time home buyers. Um, most of the entry-level buyers, correct? Right. Yeah. So there's not a lot to choose from. No, there's not a lot on the market right now. And, you know, just to put things in perspective for people, you know, in December, we had about 3,900 houses on the market. And in a normal market, we have about 6,000. So to have 700 is just crazy. Everybody is trying to get the same thing. So, you know, there's 10 offers on every house and you can pretty much make that assumption on every home that goes on the market right now. Right. Right. So I'm sure you've seen this like viral TikTok video about the Apple. Yeah. <laughs> but that's so accurate, right? It's so, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Every, every realtor we know sharing it, but it's, it's this, it, that is what's going on right now. You know, there's, there's all these people jumping up there, bidding on homes there where, there's so many buyers out there just trying to get a home at, at all costs. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I think that, uh, but a lot of people are making a mistake because it's a frenzy. And I, I, don't, I don't know if you feel the same way on this, but I'm trying to reel people in because there isn't a lot of houses on the market right now. And a lot of people are you know, panicking a little bit and they're like, well, there's nothing out there. So what if I settled for this? And it's kind of the balance of being patient and being aggressive. Like if something comes up, that's great. Let's go look at it and let's do everything we can to get it. But I also don't want buyers to settle for something that they wouldn't buy whatsoever in a normal market. Correct. 
Correct. Do you feel that way? I, yes, and I understand what you're saying too, to a point. There's, I, I always call it, you know, I guess it's kind of like realtor term, right? Good bones. The house has yeah. to have good bones. It has to be in, a, in an area that, you, that the buyer's okay with. It has to have at least something that the buyer can work with. But if the home doesn't have that and it can't be fixed, it can't be built out, it can't be changed, right. then yeah, then it's not, it's not really the right fit. I think that people have to justify it, right? So it has to make sense. Yeah. You know, if you, cause yeah, there's not a lot of houses out there. So, you know, if the house needs a little bit of work or you need to do some countertops, you know, I feel like in a normal market, buyers are willing to do one thing, right? Most buyers, yeah. they're willing to do like some flooring or some countertops, but they're not willing to do countertops and flooring because we live in this HGTV society where, you know, everybody expects a house to be, you know, perfect yeah. when they walk in. But I think now people having to understand that, hey, you know, like as long as the bones are good, the floor plan's good, you like the area, maybe you are willing to do a little bit more work as long as the price justifies that. Right. And what I'm seeing too with like those, um, you know, homes that I guess are fixer uppers, you know, or something like that. They're not lower priced. <laughs> they're, no, they're they're not bargains. They're no. not bargains. No. <laughs> there's there's not someone's like, oh, you know, I, I'm not finding anything I like right now. How about I get a fixer upper? And I'm like, yeah, they're the same price. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're not. They're, <laughs> they're not any different. So um, people that are starting to shop right now, they're getting ready. You know, they're working on their pre approval. They're getting ready to get on out there and start shopping. What do these buyers need to be prepared for? Because I, I, I see it as like they're suiting up right now. They're going out into the build the the battlefield. What should they be expecting? Because the, they'll what see the buyers once they be start. Expecting? Yeah, uh, they should be expecting a lot of competition. Um, they should be expecting a house to be gone within two or three days of being listed. Yeah, sometimes hours. Depending, I mean, you know, I, I'd say, I'd say, what, forty-eight hours typically. I'm seeing houses yeah. are gone because they are, um, you know, that uh, most sellers don't want to sign off on the first offer they receive right, right now. Exactly, they want to see, you know, see what's coming in because, uh, truth be told, most houses are selling right now twenty thousand at least over whatever they're listed at. Yeah, if it's desirable and if it's, you know, really a, a great home that that buyers want, you're you're going to see that. I agree. Yeah. 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 So um, buyers need to be be prepared to be aggressive. I mean, if you're um, sometimes I'll have a, a buyer that I start shopping with, you know, in the first day or two, and we're looking at homes, and they say, "Oh, well, this price is, you know, four hundred. Do you think they'll take three eighty? No. 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 It, it, well, <laughs> and it's it's just not it, it's not that environment. It's not. You know, and, and I wish it was different. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I would want, obviously, we want all buyers to get the best house at the best price. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just not happening right now. As an agent, don't you um, miss negotiating? <laughs> um, we're, no. still, we're still negotiating. We're still. Yeah, I mean, we're still I mean, negotiating. We still are. It, it's just in a different way. You know, I, I remember that's like, you know, that time where it's like, yeah, we get, just got a crazy good deal on this house. We negotiated it yeah, down and we did all this. And it's, yeah, those days are, that's not really, that's not what we're seeing because you can, yeah, you can offer any price you want, but. We're not there now. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not, not there. No, we're not. No. <laughs> um, go ahead. Um, uh, so what, besides making, going in aggressively, um, pre, being prepared to be aggressive, being prepared to make strong offers, what else do you think buyers should be doing? A lot. That's the, I think the, the mistake, one of the bigger mistakes that people make is they 
they don't work with the right agent, right? They don't work with somebody who is really competent and has experience. I think that for whatever reason, uh, when people are choosing an agent, it's not necessarily this is the best person I can hire. You know, a lot of it is relationship based. And I think that that can be a mistake, right? Because if you hire your part time cousin that does real estate and sells three houses a year versus hiring somebody like you and I who are full time and sell over 50 homes a year, then it's it's going to be a different experience, you know, just right. like you'd want to go to the best doctor that you could you I would think that people would want to work with the most competent agent they can. Right. And, and I think that that is the biggest thing, because when we see 10 offers on a house and it's, you know, if I get if I listed a house yesterday, I'll get 10 offers and the most competent agent typically wins. Um, and if there's 10 offers and eight of them will just email the offer over to us and two of the agents will actually pick up the phone. So I don't know if that's your experience, but mm -hmm. that's probably the ratio that I'm seeing. Oh yeah. It, and you need somebody aggressive that can say, hey, this is why you should accept my offer. And a lot of times it's how good that agent is and how easy they're going to make it on the listing agent. So I think that that's a big thing that, that they need to do right now is just have somebody aggressive who's going to pick up the phone and really just try to slam dunk your offer in. So why is it that listing agents um, want that comp the, the, a competent buyer's agent to work with? I mean, I know the answer, but why? Uh, <laughs> there's so many answers to this, because, right? because real estate's like anything else. Uh -huh. um, there's top professionals and there's people that aren't so good. And the reality of real estate is there's a lot of agents that are not full time, right? So it's something that they do on the side. And you know, if you're a surgeon and you do 50 surgeries a year, you're gonna be better than the surgeon that does three surgeries a year. And that's just the reality. So right. I think that, uh, and as an agent, I, I wanna work with somebody who knows what they're doing that isn't gonna make my life more challenging than it has to be, right? right? Because I feel like when we're working with an agent that is less competent, that we're doing 90% of their job. Right. Right. You're, it's, it's through the, from the listing side, when we're working with a buyer's agent that, that's not really doesn't know what they're doing or some of them, I mean, I, I literally one time had a buyer's agent that at the end of the escrow, like after closing, asked me for copies of all the addendums and documents and everything because they weren't keeping anything. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? Who are you? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I've, I've had times where buyers, buyers, agents, clients have called me because they couldn't get a hold of the agent because my name's on the sign. And I'm like, I'm not your agent. You need to call your agent. Yeah. Like that's, you know, so, so yes, the, things like that, it can make it difficult for us, but it also hurts us in representing the seller because we're trying to navigate this transaction smoothly right. and in representing, you know, representing our seller smoothly and getting through everything. We don't want someone that is going to be dropping the ball all the time on the other side that could, you know, not be putting together a solid transaction that's actually going to close because right. agents so many times will put together something so flimsy, it has no chance in closing. So we need that. Yeah, and I and I think that also, you know, it affects our client, right? So if mm -hmm. the if the buyer's agent is not setting the right expectations, it's creating more pain for the seller, right? So Correct. not only is it about 
us having a good experience. I mean, ultimately, it's about our client, and our client's going to have a better experience with a better agent because they're going to be able to keep their buyer, you know, in the right lane that they should be. Right. Um, so I think that that is why you know we're always going to gravitate towards the more competent person. You know, so if you know two offers are the same, a lot of that comes down to who's the better agent. Right. Right. If they're the same, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, of course, we're going to go for the best offer for our seller. But of course. Yeah, if they're, right. If they're the same, it does come down to who are you going to be working with on the other side. And again, I I, I can't tell you how many times I've had to um, you know I've I've had to communicate with the buyer's agent's lender because the buyer doesn't understand the buyer's agent doesn't understand the closing process yeah. or what's next or what needs to be next or coming next or when loan docs or what underwriting or what full conditional approval means. Those things that on the listing side to make sure that everything's okay with your seller, you can't get that through to them and you just have to go straight to the lender and say like, hey, where are we at with this? Because they don't understand what's going on here. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's hard. That's tough. Yeah. I think that... It's a competitive market, and yet, you know, I think that if there's 10 offers, that, you know, my buyer's going to be the one to get the house, you know, just because when you call the agent and you, you know, if, if I have a buyer that's looking at a $400,000 house, the first thing I'm going to do is call the agent and say, hey, what do we need to do? You know, convey, convey that you're competent, right, mm -hmm. indirectly. Right. And, and I think that goes a long way. So... You know, I always feel like it's, I'm working with uh, with some buyers right now, and I'm also getting referrals from lenders because the lenders are attached to the outcome too, right? They can't do your loan without having an accepted contract. So I have lenders that are sending us referrals right now from people that can't get into contract on houses because their lender probably isn't aggressive enough, probably isn't communicating well enough. Yeah. And... I CC my lender on all the offers. Um, you know, whenever I send an offer, I CC the lender. He always chimes in, you know, and, and, and gives them his, uh, you know, or, or whoever, you know, whoever I'm working with gives them a, a basically an assurance yeah. along with the offer. And that, that goes a long way, right? Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's just something as a veteran agent who's proactive, right? Right. That, you know, you're, so, I mean, for buyers that are trying to get a house right now, a, work with a great agent. That is step one. Call Trish or I. Work with a great agent. And if you're not working with us, work with somebody who's full-time and sells enough houses. Secondly, I think uh, getting a good approval letter, working with a local lender, I think is huge because... <laughs> you don't want to have a... Well, I'm not even going to say the name, but some of these big institutions, right? These banks that are like closing dates and contingency dates or suggestions and yeah. they're just well, like yeah well i think i think that that's a mistake that people make is that they get so focused on the rate right like oh you know rocket mortgage is going to give i'm going to throw yeah i'm going to say that <laughs> rocket mortgage is going to give me an eighth better rate so i'll save four dollars a month on my payment but you have to get the house. And I think that people fall into that trap sometimes where they're just looking at numbers and losing the big picture of, yeah, but you still have to get the home. And a lot of agents that, you know, the inside the industry reality is that a lot of the agents here don't want to work with Rocket Mortgage or, you know, Wells Fargo or Bank a lot of America. Of a lot of big institutions. Yeah, yeah. because There's because the the timing and the appraisals and the experience is better typically with a local reputable lender. 
Right. Is that fair to and, say? That is fair to say. And, and, and I feel like there's been times, or I, not, I, I know for certain, there's been times where I've seen specific names of big institutions on agent-to-agent -agent remarks that says, we will not accept any offers from this bank. And I'm like, wow, that is, they've That's been burned bold. more than once. So uh, um, there's, there's definitely, there are, there are those circumstances. I mean, there's, there's banks I've tried to, you know, it, when you have a local lender, you can, if all else fails, you can go down to their office, you know, and just say, yeah. hey, let's get this done. But you're dealing with these big institutions and there's times where you're just, you're a number. Well, and, and there's less, that's a great point because there's less accountability, right? There's mm -hmm. less accountability when I can go to somebody's office versus when that processing the loan center is in Detroit, right? right. And there's no FaceTime, there's no and they can just block your calls. Yeah, or, or just <laughs> never never get back to you. And it's it's also a customer service issue. Of so course. I, and I think that these things that we're talking about go back to having a good agent that says, hey, you know, you're not using Wells Fargo. You know what I mean? This is, this is why. And having somebody who's strong enough to tell you, hey, this is... This is not really conducive to getting your offer accepted. You want to work with somebody local. You know, you want to provide a bank statement to the seller showing that you have the down payment funds. Some of these little things are really the difference in getting your offer accepted or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I agree with that. There are certain, you know, seasoned agents that are out there that don't, they, they, they will not choose an offer over the just over the institution that the buyer has pre-approval for i did that two days ago yeah mm -hmm. so it happens yeah yeah it's it's you know buyers don't want to hear it so nobody wants to hear it but you know this is also the type of market where you need to trust in what your realtor is telling you um it is so crucial right now you know there's we always deal with our i'm sure all of us do i i, I know i do you know have instances a lot where the the buyers or the clients I'm working with have to see that what I'm saying is true before they really believe it. Yeah. You know, it's it's making those strong offers. They have to get rejected before they say, oh, okay, you're right, let's do this, you know? But right now is not the market to be second guessing what your agent's telling you. Um, you, you really, I mean, you hired a professional for a reason. You've got to trust in what they're saying, especially, you know, someone who's seasoned, who's been in this, been in this and, and working through this this whole time, someone with that that's constantly doing transactions. Could you imagine a buyer right now that's working with an agent that did that hasn't sold a home since last year? And it's common. That's not yeah, a, I mean, that's not it, an uncommon I situation. Mean, I think that that's probably more common than not common. It, right? it is. It is because so the majority of realtors that's are the, selling three to four homes a year, right? That's so the statistics. Yeah. So yeah, I mean they're they're going to be lost and essentially not equipped yeah. to because the agent's going to remember how the transaction went last year right how the offers when went we, last when we had year. twice as many homes on the market yeah the, and they're going to navigate it the same way which there's nothing you know there's nothing wrong with that you do it how you remember doing it last time that's that's how people do things mm. but this in this market the way it is and especially if they don't have someone coaching them or guiding them through what to do they're they're going to be 10 steps behind. Yeah, I, I like what you said about professional, right? Like I'm, I feel like I'm the professional's professional. I want people that value professional services, right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, that that's typically who I gravitate towards and who gravitates towards me. 
And they need to listen to what we're saying, and they need to understand that they're going to have to jump through some hoops to get homes right now, right? Mm -hmm. But it, you're right. It's not the market where, where you're um, losing out on a house because you wanted to do it your way or, you know, your perception of what is going on is different. Right. So, right, right. And um, what for for buyers that are, you know, out there shopping right now in the market, what what do they do when or, you know, buyers, buyers, agents, whoever it is, what do you do when you're up against cash offers? Because let's be honest, there's more cash buyers in this market right now than I've seen um, in, a, in a while, you know, where it's we have, you know, cash buyers from California, from other states, from wherever. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of cash buyers competing in this market. And for a buyer that's in that price point, because it is where it's in a certain price point where there's more cash buyers. Sure. Um, for a buyer that's shopping in that price point, that's constantly they're financed. You know, this buyer's got a pre-approval. They have a strong pre-approval, but they're constantly getting beaten out by cash offers. What what options or what um, scenarios does the buyer have to try to make those those offers better? Um, I don't even think, personally, I don't think that cash is better than finance. I, I, I don't either. I, I, I agree. I think that if you're trying to differentiate your offer and you're doing a loan, you know, show your down payment funds, um, have the lender contact the agent, right? You can do, you can show the DU findings, which is basically a sheet that shows that your debt to income ratio is good. Uh, it shows that you have a good credit score, just things like that. Things that are just going to, I mean, and these are, these are savvier things that you and I are doing because we're trying to provide out of the box things to convey that they're a good buyer. And those things are providing confidence to the, the listing agent and the seller. Right. Right. So I think that those are little things you can do. Uh, I mean, if you want to talk about waiving appraisal, we can talk about that. I think yeah. that's where you're going. <laughs> well, no, that that is that the so so some people have the option or have the ability to do so to pay X amount of dollars over the appraisal, put that in the initial offer yeah. that says, you know, if I know if I know that I'm out shopping and I have all of my cash to close, if I were shopping, you know, for a house, and I and I knew I this is what I would do myself in this market. If I know that I need this much cash to close and I have an additional ten dollars to $20,000 or whatever that I can use, that initial offer off the bat, I wouldn't even mess around with counter offers or going back and forth. On that initial offer that I made, I know the market. I would say, you know, I'll pay up to $20,000 difference, $20, difference right. if Over there's an appraisal. appraisal shortage because that initial offer, you just put it out there. You just, it, it's not waiting for some buyers to say, well, I'll wait and see if they counter offer that or I'll, no. I'll get on the counter offer. There's no, no time you may never hear back. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not, it's not a counter offer market, right? It's I not mean, a counter offer You have market. to write the offer in a way that is going to get accepted. So yeah, obviously waiving appraisal. I think that that's happening more often than it's not. That's what I'm seeing. The other buyers are doing it. They, they are. Yeah, they, they are. are doing they it. are doing it. And you know, there's, and that's the other reason you need a high level agent is because you need somebody to, you know, be able to navigate that, right? right. Be able to, hey, yeah, you're going to be in this position, but I know you and I meet the appraiser every time, mm -hmm. trying to get the highest value because 
you know, everybody wants the highest value from, an, from the appraisal. You know, the, it's in the best interest of the buyer, it's in the best interest of the seller. So we're doing the little things like meeting the, sell, meeting the appraiser at the house, making sure that it's appraising for as much as possible. Well, we can't control the appraisal, of course, but we, we're providing the appraiser with, uh, so what I always do, I have a printout. I provide the appraiser with a printout of the features of the home. Right. You know, they, the appraisers are in there 15 minutes. Yeah. They you know, don't. they're, they're in, they're out and some things may get overlooked. And I have had that where, um, you know, an appraiser may have not noticed or overlooked something. And I provide that documentation. We're allowed to provide documentation. We're not allowed to talk appraisers into value. Yeah. I actually don't, I won't even have a conversation with an appraiser when I meet them. I just say, hi, you know, how are you doing? Here's the information. This is my price sheet, what we base pricing off of. And this is the features of the home. Right. And that's it. I'll stay out of your way. And, you know, it's, it's up to you from there. Well, I mean, it's, it's good savviness, good common sense, because you're basically giving them ammunition to give you the value that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Right? Well, at least giving them, showing that we didn't pull a number out of a hat. Right. And showing that, that we... Um, it, 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 it's showing that you took a professional approach and researched this before doing it. Right. This shows there's been times where we've had 12 offers on a home and I brought all 12 offers, printed them out, brought them and just sat down like, you know, sat it down there and said, hey, you know, if you want to just see that, you know, there was all these buyers that, <laughs> that wanted this house as well. Yeah. Maybe that makes a difference. I don't know. But the, again, I don't try to talk them into that because it's an appraiser's job to to determine that, you know, that that whole that whole value, that whole structure. Um, it's just if an appraisal goes south and it comes to an appraisal dispute, right? So if an appraisal goes south, the agents always have the right to dispute the appraisal or to challenge it. And what do they want? They want documentation. They want where you got your pricing from. Right. They want. They so why want don't you provide that, that up front instead, instead of goes, having to be combative, right? Right. Why so, wait till it goes south? And that—that's exactly that. Yeah. That's, I mean, but that's but that's being proactive and doing your job, right? I mean, that's that's part of what I get frustrated with with um, agents is they're really not doing their job, right? <laughs> Like and so, when you're all when them. you're trying to get they're, somebody yeah. a house and they love that house and there's 10 other offers, I am not doing my job if I'm not picking up the phone and doing everything I can to put them in position to get that home. Right. No. And that's true. And and I, I've had, I mean, and, and agents that I've worked with on the other side, no, I, I, I work hard. There was one agent a few days ago that, you know, our buyers were looking at homes and they had, you know, it just, we kind of just missed the ball, you know, by a couple minutes every time, just, oh, offer just got accepted. Oh, and offer yeah. got accepted. Same listing agent, right? So I'm on the second home and I'm calling him and I'm like, hey, you know, my, the, about to give him this whole spill about my buyers again, second time in one day. And, <laughs> and he's like, I'm so sorry, but we just took an <laughs> offer at that house too. I was like, come on. So he says, you know, He's like, you're working really hard, and I could tell it. I have this home coming up, you know, over here, yeah. and and just kind of gave gave us a break, right? Gave us a break. Well, and, and the harder you work, listing. the more likely that is to happen, you right. know. And we're working. The other thing too with offers is don't ask for anything. Don't ask for closing costs. Don't ask for home warranties. You know, it's a big picture attitude where you know, a home warranty is 450 bucks. Do you want to lose an offer over Do you want, yeah. Do you want to lose the home that you love over and that 10 other people want over $450? No. It's, it's not worth it. 
it's not worth it. Yeah, and, and you want to make it easy for the seller to move forward. So you want to write an offer that they're just going to sign, that they have no objections to, that they don't have to counter, you know, that they can just be like, great, right? And then they can just sign, yeah. sign the 10-page contract and that, that's yeah. it. Another thing I find hard for buyers is trusting in the process, right? Um, that you have your earnest money deposit, right? So you're, you know, you're like, well, the um, the appraisal. Well, what if it doesn't? And what if it does? There's so many what ifs that can happen through a real estate contract. Sure. We do have contingencies that protect certain, you know, certain things from happening, and that's great. So. Sometimes, you know, and that's what it comes down to. Sometimes I just say, sometimes you just have to trust the process. You know, trust the process. If it, if, um, you know, if it doesn't, if the home inspection's bad or the, this or that, you know, let's not worry about the what ifs day one. Let's worry about getting you into contract and trusting the process that it will work out. I can't promise you that, you know, because I've had people too that say, well, you know, what if at the home inspection, the seller refuses to fix everything or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, they, they might, especially these days. There's a lot of what ifs. There's a lot of what ifs. It's, and you just have to trust But again, it, it all comes full circle to have a good professional, right? Because when we're talking about people's earnest money, their good faith money that they put up when they're trying to, when they, when they get their offer accepted, like, hey, I'm serious about buying this house, here's $6,000, you know, there's never gonna be an instance where we're putting that at risk, right? Right. And if, but if you're not on your game as an agent, then you could definitely put your, put your buyer in a terrible situation. Oh my gosh, yes. And so I think, I think that a lot of people don't realize that. And, and you know, I, I think that as long as you are treating that buyer's money as if it's your own, and I do. And, that, and that's yeah. how it should be, right? Yeah. If you are a good professional, you should be treating that money as if it's your own. And how would you protect it? And what would you be doing to make sure that you're hoping for the best and planning for the worst? Right. Right? Right. So, but that's it. But yes, but, but sometimes, yeah, you have to trust the, the, the process. You know, you have to just wait until that home inspection. See what's going to happen. Yeah. Don't try to, you know, um, negotiate repairs first day or whatever. You know, sometimes people will do that. They're like, hey, I don't like the way that looks over there. Put it in the offer. And I'm like, how about we wait for the home inspection, get an analysis on it mm -hmm. first, because you're putting in that offer day one and you're already requesting all these things from the seller. They're well, uh, and that, not that comes back down to, you know, tactfulness, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we've talked about that a lot today is just there's a time and a place, right? Mm -hmm. It just comes down to when is the most tactful opportunity to ask for these things. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, but, but it just, it, you know, I think the biggest mistake again is that people are working, you know, if there's 10 offers, eight of them just email your offer and never call. I, I feel, I don't really have a lot of empathy for the agents, but I feel bad for the customers that are working with agents that, you know, unfortunately, they just don't know any better, and they're working with somebody that isn't really doing everything they can to get their offer accepted or isn't setting the right expectations. So, you know, work with the best professional you can. That's the, yeah. that's the, and what sum about the today. agents that are scared of multiple offers? How many times do you have agents contact you and say, Oh, do you have offers on a property? Well, of course we do. Yeah. Do you know the market? Like, yeah, right, right. <laughs> of course we do, right? Does that mean you don't give your clients a shot at it? Unless we're reviewing today in two hours or I mean, whatever. If, I mean, if, if, that's not... if that scares you, 
then you probably shouldn't be doing this job. Yeah, if it right? scares you, just take some time off till the market cools. <laughs> well, if that, if that scares you, I mean, but you know what? Even in a in a regular market, I wouldn't call this regular, but in a regular market, if something is really desirable and priced right, there's still going to be several offers. Yeah. Right. So I mean, if you don't think that you are going to get that house for your buyer when there's ten other offers on it you're probably not um, good enough to be representing them. Right. I mean, that's right. That's harsh, but and it's the reality. Yeah, I think that, that buyers and buyers agents shouldn't be afraid of multiple offers. I do understand the fact that, you know, there's a there's some homes that you know you could be going to look at it right now and they're already presenting offers. Too late. You missed the you missed it. You know, it, it just that you're too late on that one. So I understand that aspect of it, but the ones that are oh no, we don't even want to look at it if there's offers already. You know, it's like, okay, well, today's Thursday. We're not presenting offers till Monday. You have plenty of time yeah. and they're shying away from it because they're too scared to compete. That is a little disturbing to me. Uh, yeah. And I mean, if, if they're not, if the agent isn't willing to compete, then, you know, that's kind of a loser mindset. Right. And then if the, the buyers aren't willing to compete, then they're not hearing the right expectation of the market because, you know, right now it's not a traditional market and, you know, everything has multiple offers that looks good and it's priced right. Yeah. Right. No, looks good. Priced right. And you're you're up against, uh, you know, you're up against aggressive offers. So, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 it is what it is. You got to bring your best game, you know, and, and last thing before we wrap it up, um, just two other tips that I think are great for buyers is if they're out shopping in a home's owner occupied, you know, that seller's got to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Work with, you know, work those into your offers, work out a sweet deal for great them point. because they're, you know, one of the seller's biggest challenges right now, where are they going to go? That is a, that's a huge concern. The sellers are, and most times are often buyers and one of their biggest fears and their biggest challenges are where are they going to go? So buyers, you need to work that scenario in. It might be uncomfortable for you. Work it into that offer, and that might make your offer stand out a little bit. I think a lot of times bit. that's the deciding factor, right? right? Is, you know, how can you give them 30 days to move out after, after you buy that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I think that the mistake that some people make is that they think that everything is price-driven. And price is a huge factor, and yet it's not everything, yeah. right? A lot of times it's, okay you know, timeline, can I give them 30 days, right? So there's, there's a combination of factors. Well, just think about this. If a buyer has, you know, they don't have any extra cash besides their closing funds that right. they have to come in, in with, you know, and it's tough for them right now in this market because right. they can't pay the difference in appraisals or the difference of, you know, whatever. But they do, by most loans, you have 90 days to before you have to occupy the property, you know? So what if they offered the seller three months to stay rent free and you know that's equal to what twenty five hundred three thousand a month mm -hmm. that's More. nine thousand bucks right yeah. you know that's nine thousand that 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 has monetary value i agree and that has monetary value for the seller and the seller who's trying to find another home that gives them peace of mind right so think outside the box agreed well i mean but again it's gotta the agent's gotta be able to suggest that because you're right. I mean, it's, you know, when you're making 
what a lot of sellers are making right now. If when you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars on your house, you know, then the, you know, maybe $2,000 more isn't as impactful as just having the peace of mind, not to having to, you know, find something tomorrow to buy. Right. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great point. And not every buyer is willing to do that or can do that. So that will set you aside. Right. So, all right. Well, it's been good talking to you today, yeah, you Ryan. Too. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. And Ryan, how do people reach out to you? Uh, you can reach me on uh, my direct line, 702-335-5665. So if you have any questions, anything I can help you with, feel free to reach out. All right. And you guys know how to reach me, 702-308-2878. Make sure you continue to watch our show, share it with your friends, write us reviews, follow us, download us, all that good stuff, right? Keep tuned in. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about uh, contingencies, uh, the contingencies through a contract and what they mean and what they're there for and all that good stuff. So uh, we'll be after you find a home, once you get through this part, now you're in contract, what happens next? Uh, so we're going to walk you through this entire process and we look forward to seeing you guys again next week. Thank you. Have a wonderful day.